We're back with another episode of Unhinged with the one and only Julie Schott, co-founder of Starface Plus and the new emergency contraception, Julie. We chat all things business because, duh, what else do you ask someone who has launched three mega successful businesses back to back? From executing an idea to the most unhinged business advice she stands by, we also get into digital detoxes and her new secret obsession of texting with dog breeders. Don't miss the fun on this one. Ciao for now. Hello, hello. Welcome Julie Shot to the show. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thank you for being on the new Unhinged for Now podcast. And we're honored to have you. I'm a big fan. I've listened to the first two episodes. Oh, thank you. And likewise, businesswoman of the century. Where do we begin? <laughs> oh, my God. I would say congratulations, but there's just so many things. Thank you. I appreciate that. The co-founder of Plus Starface and now Julie. Is that weird for you, by the way? It's it's funny. Like we we have to specify when we're talking on email or Slack or anywhere like Julie the person or if we just say Julie that means Julie the brand but Julie the person is I like to do it like the person the like person yeah okay that's, uh, that's my Slack name <laughs> the person Julie <laughs> and how's the launch going so so good so cool today I don't know when this is airing but. Um, we're rolling out this amazing ad that we made on Hulu today. And it's oh, wow. a two day, the two day, like full on everyone who opens Hulu is going to see it. Um, really cool director that we worked with on that. Her name's Laura Marciano. Um, and a really, really cool cast. Um, so I hope everyone gets to see it today. If, if they're not paying for the no ad version of Hulu. Okay. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Julie is a new, Julie, not the person, the brand, is a new emergency contraception that's making a better morning after experience. How did I do? Oh, thank you for that. No that worries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Julie Julie is a new healthcare company. Our first product is emergency contraceptive. Uh, the drug name is Levongestrel. Um, not the easiest to say, but uh, it's, it's been around, it's been FDA approved for a very long time. It's available in all 50 states. It's available over the counter. You don't need an ID. You don't need a prescription. And so really our goal and our mission is, um, a, to kind of lay that groundwork because we did, we did these huge nationwide focus groups. And what we learned was that, um, there are just a lot of really significant misconceptions, um, about the morning after pill. I'm sorry, there's a mosquito that I want to kill, but. Anyway, what do you think is that what was the biggest misconception that came back from the studies? Yeah, I think uh, one of the biggest misconceptions is that you can only take it a certain number of times or else there will be some unknown medical complication. Nobody can really name what that is, but mm -hmm. there's this this idea that you can only take it a certain amount of times. Um, I think, to be perfectly honest with you, many people didn't know that when you take this, you are not pregnant. You're delaying ovulation. And that's really the key. You're delaying ovulation. You're not ending a pregnancy. So hugely important for anyone who's, um, you know, feels scared about making this choice, um, that it's that it's completely safe. Yeah, I definitely think there's a confusion with, especially now more than ever with everything that's going on, there's a lot of confusion and there's just a lot of shame that gets projected onto women for making the choices that suit their lifestyle so it's yeah it's really it's nice. important yeah and I think that's why it was really important to us as well to make um we made so this ad that's running today and tomorrow and and also in the future there's a long form short film version and it's it's the story of having a better morning after and you see a mother with her with her daughter and her you know male partner in in their morning you see a single girl who's just had a fun night you see a couple and I love, I love that everyone, everyone who's in the short film is like kind of in our, in our world, in our collective world. And it's their real partner, their real daughter. And so it's their real stories in a lot of ways, which I thought was really special. Um, and one of the, one of the cast members actually, she was, she was acting and she swallowed 
her levonorgestrel when she was like doing a scene. Um, and then she came back to set the next day. She was like, oh, I'm good. I don't have any side effects. And we we're like, yeah, perfect. Unhinged <laughs> scoop. You had it here first. Yeah. <laughs> was, yeah, she was awesome. Um, so it was very cool to do that and tell that story because there is this idea that it's a certain type of user. We also learned that there's a huge segment of users who they already have a child or they already have a number of children. They're already a mom. It's not the right time for them. So it's a full spectrum of users. It's not this idea of, um, I'm not even going to perpetuate the stigma. Like, this is for everyone. There's definitely a stereotype when it comes to being pro-choice, whatever that looks like. Um, I agree. And I think it's beautiful that actually all of your products kind of beautify these like typical pain points for people. Thank you for saying that because that is the goal. Um, when we started with acne, it was this idea that you always saw a before and after image. The before image was always so sad. And then the after was like, now I can live my life. And yeah. that's just not true. Everyone, 95% of people experience acne. We refuse to believe that this is something that should be a reason to uh, want to take the day off work, not go to prom, cancel a date, all of these things that people do when they're feeling self-conscious. They think something really cool about like the Starface wearer is you see like such a overwhelming number of people will wear them do a hospitality job so that job where you have to interface with people all day and like interfacing with people is difficult to begin with it's extra difficult if you're like I feel self-conscious today like I feel like everyone's looking at my pimple but instead you're like okay I look cute this is part of my look I'm gonna get a million compliments on this mm -hmm. I'm gonna start a conversation so that's been cool to see that specific where for sure it's become kind of like a cult status like trendy item now like Justin Bieber was wearing one it was on the runways at New York Fashion Week like the, very yeah, cool. the, the, the Justin Bieber moments have been cool because he was always like top of our list like iconic uh iconic breakout king like acne king <laughs> um so that one's been amazing and then Fashion Week was really fun um we didn't know that that was necessarily gonna um be a runway moment and we also didn't know that the gloves were going to happen. Um, the makeup artist, Farah Hamidi, like absolutely amazing makeup artist, concepted that with our creative director, Christine Corey. And we were just like blown away. Like the glove, I need to try the glove look. I think it takes like 10 packs of Hydro Stars, but wow. And two hours. So <laughs> we can do a tutorial on TikTok. <laughs> I would love to do that. Yeah, I've been wanting to. Do you. Like, how did you actually pivot? Because I met you in New York, mm -hmm. beauty director L days, <laughs> downtown party girl days. <laughs> Hardly. <laughs> Would like pop out and then be home by, for sure, home by 12. But yeah. So much has happened. Yeah. Yeah. No, a lot has happened. And I think that that editorial work was like a really specific time and a really specific education. Um, and I think something really interesting about it, because also starting in print, in like the pre, pre-internet, pre-immediate news um, ways of sort of starting conversations, you're making an issue, and it needs to be relevant six months from the day that it goes to print. Mm -hmm. So you can't be reporting on like the trend of the moment. You have to, you have to have the foresight, and you have to start a conversation because otherwise the issue is going to come out. It's going to be old news. So I think that was just a really specific way of thinking that carries over today thinking about brand and thinking about product development is is that it needs to have the relevance and it's cool because now with Starface our timelines are out to 2024 so like thinking about the launches for 2024 is just a really specific lens um and I also think that that era of of editorial you've got a sort of like writing education that was invaluable it was like it was hardcore like you would have these like hard copies of an issue and there would be just red pen everywhere what were you thinking mm -hmm. like what's wrong <laughs> just old school but it, it worked devil wears it worked. prada vibes devil wears prada but for beauty but you learn like i mm -hmm. mean i won't advocate for you know whatever type of workplace but i will say it was a really good education what is the most 
unhinged thing that ever happened to you in the magazine world? Oh my God. There's we want so tea. many. There's so <laughs> many, but let me tell you. Okay, let me tell you. So when I first started at L on the print side, it was it was like classic hierarchy. So I was a beauty assistant was my title. When I came in, I had you know, I was going to be writing these print stories. A lot of them were like personal first person essay style. That was the trend back then. Um, and because I was the new girl, like a story that nobody wanted to do fell on my lap. And the story was to get transformed into Katy Perry by her stylist, Johnny Wujak, who is a friend of mine now. I had to go get dressed up as Katy Perry, like in full costume, in full makeup, and then meet her and interview her that way. And nobody told her. I know that nobody told her. So I showed Wait, this what? Why? <laughs> they just didn't tell. They were just like, you know, you're doing press today. It's a press day. They did not explain, like, this person is going to show up dressed, like, as you. They thought it would Which, be a yeah. fun surprise? Like, why would you do that? Anyway, so I, I'm fully, like, I'm, I'm in a whole look. I'm in, like, a full face. I'm in a, a, the whole thing. I get there to meet her. And she is just, like, visibly terrified. She she has no idea what's going on. Like I've scared her. She thinks she's meeting a like a super crazy, fan, super fan, a crazy super fan. She's like, hi, like, like nice to meet you. No, no, and, no. I'm just like cringe. And then in the magazine, there's these pictures of me, like the before and after. I'm really physically had a, crying at the thought of yeah, this because like, how uncomfortable do you oh feel God. thinking about this? As somebody who works in that industry, like you never want to seem like a fan. And so you walk in dressed as them? And I had to. Like, I didn't have a choice. That was the story. Do you think Um, they were hazing you? I do. Yeah. I do think, because I know the fashion editor who was assigned the story, because it was a fashion story. She didn't want to do it because she was embarrassed. Obviously. She gave it to me. (laughs) I'm the the new kid. I'm like, oh my God. Horrible. Horrible. And then it it was funny to see her stylist, like, many years later through friends and be like we actually met doing this and he's like this is too funny we were, it's, yeah. it's in the past and we're moving forward now did the story yeah. do well by the way it was in print so you know you never know yeah it might have, there might be a digital version but that's the other cool thing about print is you're not like oh it got we'll find it know, tw- <laughs> <laughs> no yeah like you weren't tracking the views the same way so that was nice julie Entrepreneur, <laughs> creative entrepreneur, successful businesswoman, Katy Perry super fan. Katy Perry impersonator. <laughs> hey, listen, she crushes it at Vegas. So, you know, if things She's don't amazing. work out, you have another career. I'll take that spot. No problem. I'll just be lip syncing. No, I actually just watch, I, I go to this lifting gym and we watch, um, we watch like old music videos while we work out and we just watched her Super Bowl show. It was actually incredible. Today's theme was Super yeah. Bowl. Okay. Love that. Yeah. What's the studio? Put um, us on. So it's, well, so it's this, I, I got really into lifting over the pandemic, like, uh, like heavy, intense lifting. Wow. Um, so the gym is called Strong Sport, Strong Sports Social Club. It's in Pasadena. Um, and I, I, sorry, not to like, not to brag, but like I can deadlift 190 pounds. Sorry. You were you strong before? No, I was not. Like we lived in New York. Remember, like you either didn't yeah. work out or you went to like went to Pilates. Yeah, and you went to. I mean, I was from the Barry's boot camp era, mm-hmm. like early, early Barry's boot camp in Chelsea. I stopped doing all of that, like, and just got really into this. And you can't do this more than three times a week because your body needs to recover. Is that There's the no- only form of exercise you do? Yeah. Wow, inspiring. I want to try this. I got so into it. Like there's no mirrors. You're just working out with people that you like only hang out with at the gym. So I love those type of relationships, you mm-hmm. know, where they're like really self-contained. Um You also just all, like, meet people from all walks of life that you would no- yeah. never normally interact with, and that's like That's my favorite. Love. Yeah. What is something that when you heard you were like that this is totally unhinged in the business world as somebody who's launched three extremely successful businesses but Um, you stand by like a piece of advice oh okay well I don't think that this is unhinged but it might be unpopular 
um, a piece of advice that I think is really important is that you do not need a college degree to pursue your dreams or be successful. We do know that there are fields where you have to. You can't be a surgeon without a college degree or a PhD. You can't be a lawyer without passing the bar. But I think there's just like a plethora of ways to be successful and achieve your dreams. And I don't think that a four-year degree is the only path. Um, and that's really important to me and when, when hiring, because we're, we're always hiring, you don't need a degree to apply for any of these jobs. I think you can be like incredibly talented and, and successful without it. When you launched, it was such a sign. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't because you were in the beauty industry, but were, th- were there moments where you were like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. Well, I think launching Starface was really cool because I had never done it before. I had, I had never done something entrepreneurial. So I didn't, I didn't even know the ways that things could go wrong. They didn't even have those fears in the bank. Um, and my business partner, Brian, had done this before on some level, but not in this category. And we're very much like, I will say we're siblings. I mean, we're definitely like very, very family um, because we've been doing this for a while. He's married to one of my best friends. So there's this, this like, I think there's this intuitive relationship that um we've sort of just started to realize like oh this is really a thing that's special like it's not always the case um but yeah so many things I didn't know to be afraid of um which is cool Mm -hmm. like the first time around maybe same for pregnancy you're just like I don't know what's up I'm just doing this see people always are like the second one is easier because afterwards you're like piece of cake I know what's happening I have heard that I have heard that yeah but maybe with business it's like ignorance (laughs) is kind of bliss you go into it 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 is mm -hmm. yeah definitely different experience like with Starface versus with Julie just because you you don't know what you don't know and now we kind of we kind of know a lot not everything but we know certain things is there anything you look back at and you're like, we could have done that differently? Oh, like, yeah, so many things. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of things. Yeah. Um, I think, God, where do I even start? Um, there are even certain products that I would have done differently. Um, but it feels really good to be in year three and have a lot of information mm-hmm. and like a team that's really I think happy and engaged and like excited um and I think that's always reflected in the output it's like anytime you're making something and people are behind the scenes miserable you can kind of tell yeah I think absolutely in any genre like movie music whatever oh I guess you can probably make music and be sad and it's really good but yeah but your products also bring people joy which I think thank you you know, how could you not feel good about that? Yeah, it's thank you. It's cool. It's, it's, it's cool to hear people say the things that we hope that they would say or feel like, I look forward to a breakout or with the parents who buy it for their kids. A lot of the time they say, I wish this had existed when I was a teenager. Like, I would have loved to have had this. So it's that cool, like intergenerational bond. Mm -hmm. That's really nice. Was there a specific I guess business technique, I don't know if that's the right term, or something you did where you where you were surprised that it worked in that way. Oh, that's a good question. Um I think a lot of the times like the things that work best you didn't plan, you know? Mm-hmm. Um I think that we didn't know TikTok was gonna be a huge platform. Yeah. Um Nobody did. Do you remember like, what was it, 2019 or 2020 when people were so skeptical and they didn't want to go there and brands didn't want to go there? And, you know, it doesn't hurt to just get there and make a page and start playing around with it. So we did and just got lucky. just started really early there. So that's been a really good, good place to be for our specific audience. Especially with Starface. Yeah, it's like that's where they live. Um, and, but there weren't brands there in the beginning. Like we were doing creator houses before the pandemic 
And some of these creators, this was like uh, the the first generation of TikTok megastars. And you can just like call their call their first generation of the manager they worked with. Like it was like a you know, it all happened so fast. Right. Do you want to hear a secret about creator houses? Yeah. I accidentally moved into one during the pandemic. <laughs> Which one? So I moved Because I lived down the street from one at one point. It was oh my goodness. Um it was in Hollywood. What is the name of the street? It's gonna come to me. The reservoir? No, it's it's like off Hollywood Boulevard. Oh god. Um so I like had no idea. I rented an Airbnb when I decided to try out LA. God, mm. what is the name? Um I I'll, I'll put it in the <laughs> I'll put it in the notes of the episode. Or maybe I won't <laughs> because that might be a breach of security for certain people. Right. And if it's still like an active creator house. For sure, but um actually kittens who was the guest on last week's episode which i just finished that episode big fan of that episode uh, she has a lovely speaking voice you both do um i'm very attuned to speaking voices i'm like self-conscious about mine she sounds very lovely she does host a podcast she her they so she's a seasoned pro but she comes to um visit me at this apartment and her brother had opened a coffee shop in the lobby of this apartment and she goes you know that you've moved into this massive TikTok house and these are all like TikTok celebrities. Who did oh, um, you say who you lived with? So I was, I was in the, there was like a contained dog park in the apartment <laughs> and uh, like a dog like walk, which everyone would go yeah. to and sit with their dogs. So it'd be like Josh Richards, Nessa Barrett, like all those, like the really big, but but I was, I actually didn't know who any of them were. So I'd be like, oh, what do you do? (laughs) You know, what do you do for like, what? And I think they were probably extremely confused to be asked that, but they were also lovely. And I would have never known until she'd pointed it out to me. And then once I clocked it, I started seeing, you know, people outside and kids outside and, a little bit of filming here and there, but not really. And now when I see certain TikToks, I pick it up. I'm like, oh, that it was that a part? It's still going. That's so funny. And that's so your LA origin story. Right. And the Airbnb <laughs> didn't make any mention of it. It was just a regular, con- there weren't that many, you know, open listings also at the time. Yeah. Because it was the dead of the pandemic and mm. this apartment seemed so ideal because it had like all the facilities I would need. It had a dog run in there, it had a coffee shop in the lobby. You know, it was kind of a one-stop shop. So I'm excited to find out the address off the record. What the hell? Yeah, I I feel like I block it's not it it's a very Hollywood Boulevard walk of fame area not not somewhere I would live now but it was definitely an interesting move to LA experience because also this was in the height of the protest which would go down so you you were literally right there I would oversee everything it was it was a wild time God, I remember do you deal with kind of religious or conservative fanatics especially when it comes to something like Julie Nobody has brought up religion that I know of, but there are people who are outraged. Um, there always will be. And that's okay. That's to be expected. Um, you know, there are people who demand that we're taken off shelves. Um, and I think, you know, that's okay. That's their choice. If if this doesn't align with their belief system, that is their choice. Um, Especially, I, I think, because there's a confusion with what the morning after pill actually is like people are confused that that terminates a pregnancy it's like no we're not even there yet we're so far from that no you're not pregnant no you're not not getting pregnant and if you have an existing pregnancy leave on won't harm that existing pregnancy that is crazy yeah so let's say you take it and you just happen to be pregnant from a previous intercourse or, or whatever the case may be you'll be fine it's just in, that's why they stress the 72 hour window. That's right. I have so, so many memories of buying plan B 
And can you share? Of course. It's, <laughs> it, I remember one time, and maybe now my perspective on this might have shifted, but I went into a pharmacy and the lady checked me out and she said, Do you want a box? I mean, do you want a bag? And yeah. My reaction was, of course I want a bag. I'm not, I don't want to walk yeah. around, you know, I don't want to walk out and around right. holding this in my hand, big scarlet letter <laughs> on my back. Now it now it is. Um but you know what it's like to in New York where you have to walk. So see someone you know. For, You're for sure. sure seeing someone you know. And that's okay, but mm-hmm. that's the idea. Like that's okay. Um now I probably the- wouldn't mind it because it looks so cute. <laughs> I know, but you know, again, like when we did the focus groups, and this is really important because mm-hmm. if you think about, um, sure, so in New York, you're going to run into someone you know, but same in a small town, you're mm-hmm. going to you're going to go to buy this, and you're going to see your mom's best friend, or you're going to see someone from your job, and so you want, you know, the option of something a little more discreet. And our goal was not discretion. Our goal was just to make something approachable and be really transparent with education and also have the one-for-one donation program. But what we heard in the focus groups, again, is people saying, oh, this feels really welcoming. I like that people don't necessarily know what it is. This could be any type of feminine hygiene product or even a you know, skincare product. Um, so it's really clearly labeled, but the name Julie does not indicate uh the the particular use case and that was deliberate because number one it's a healthcare company it's not just a medication and number two it does make it more approachable it does make it more discreet for when you're in that situation it humanizes the experience for sure exactly speaking of stigmas have you encountered any personal issues in your life that made you interested in the morning after pill, pro-choice, like taking down, taking that road or that avenue, let's say. Yeah, I think first and foremost, there's there's a data point that I found really interesting, which is that almost half of pregnancies in the U.S. are mistimed and or unwanted, and that's really significant for for it to be almost fifty percent of pregnancies. Um, Scary just, to think what that would grow to given everything that's going on now that's right that's right and so it just felt it just felt urgent to to try and do something with that statistic because as I think any any like heterosexual woman has probably experienced some version of a mistimed or unwanted pregnancy um and uh I think it's like one in three women um but yeah, I, my own experience with it was um, difficult decision uh, and one that I don't regret at all. And I'm just really grateful that I had the option um, on all fronts. I think having the option is, is the most important thing. Um, so grateful for, for the caregivers in that situation. Um, and, and I think, yeah, education and access is everything in this category. So that's why we're leading with education and access. And that's why we have a one-for-one donation program because it's not a cheap medication um, and access is important. And if we can, if we can reach, you know, like I said, it's, it's, there's a huge, there's a huge customer segment who is like existing mothers who are using this drug. And then it's also really important to, to note and be aware that we might be someone's, or we, we very well will be someone's first experience taking leave on gestural. So it's important that they have like a fantastic experience and that they have everything that they need, that they're able to access it at the store, that they feel safe when they purchase it, um, that they have all the support they need online if they should they experience a symptom, that we support them for the for the full experience. Um and and hopefully if we're able to do that and, and the goal is to become the largest donor of emergency contraception in the US. It's a goal right now. I hope it becomes a reality. Um, but if we can do that, the, the ultimate win would be to reduce that statistic. That's amazing. That's an amazing goal, especially yeah. given the current political climate. Yeah, it's it's important. Um, you know, we started building this 
long before um, before Roe v. Wade is overturned. Um, who knows what's going to happen in the U.S. Um, but you know, this drug is very separate. It's not impacted um, by by that ruling. So the access is still there. Um, all we can do is is like increase the awareness um, of the use cases and the safety and uh, all the things that we're able to do. I think there's a really great opportunity right now to reframe and reposition all of these things. For example, I'm an expecting mother, but I'm also someone who's had two abortions. I'm also someone who's pro-choice. I'm also someone who's had difficulty getting pregnant. And that experience has not changed how I think or make me feel guilty in any way with, let's say, the two abortions that I've had. And it's so nuanced, but we only see one version of it, right? We always see the 17-year-old girl who wakes up and she can't remember what happened the night before and she slinks off to her walk of shame and there's just so much more to that that's why i fully that's why transparency is everything so if you feel safe enough to be transparent and you can share your story and and again safety is key so if you're able to i think it's really meaningful because um yeah the conversations that you get to have privately with friends like you said, friends who are in their mid thirties having an abortion already have two kids. It's not, it's not a monolith. Um, women everywhere are, are having abortions and, or wanting to, or needing access. Like you said, it's not, it's not this, um, teen pregnancy story all the time. And if it is, that's fine too, but it's the full spectrum of your, um, of your life as a, as a childbearing individual that this could be a need that you have. Absolutely. And I also think it'll be really nice when, you know, as the business continues to grow, the lives you'll change and the stories you guys will hear with how Julie has, you know, impacted people. I hope so. Yeah. I, I, that's, that's for sure the goal. And like you said, to, to continue to destigmatize experiences that are, um, that are private, that are experienced in the shadows and don't need to be because they're really collective experiences. Like things like acne, which is very benign, but also has been sort of like vilified just through marketing and, and perceptions. And then as well, like uh, using emergency contraception is just, it's a growing category, but it's just not something that people um, talk about as freely as they could. Also, I think that using emergency contraception is my experience with it is the second time that I got pregnant I didn't really understand how the morning after pill worked so Mm -hmm. I took it three days later or it might have been four but I got pregnant on the pill and oh wow I don't think I was I might have missed a few days maybe but it wasn't a lot and I took the morning after right at the cusp of the cutoff Mm -hmm. so when I got pregnant I was like this baby really wants to come (laughs) and I'm not gonna let it (laughs) and you know when I went to have my procedure it was by the way very different experience in America to somewhere else because they kind of really guilt you through the entire experience they make you see a scan they make you listen to a heartbeat they make you have as uncomfortable an experience you could possibly have and they kept asking me if I used protection and if I you know and I'm in there saying I was on the pill I took the morning after right you took every precaution and here you are having to explain yourself there's so much there's there's yeah there's a lot of work to be done those experiences are, um, they're really challenging. They, they, they stay with you. Um, yeah, my experience was challenging, um, as well. It was, you know, but I don't think it has to be. No. And, and the one nice thing is when you go through something like that, you look back and think it just should have never even escalated to that. It it never had to be presented or 
gone through in that way and it's really nice that you get to change that for so many people yeah I hope so I mean I think we think about things a lot that way of like what's what's for the future generation like how will their growing up experience be different than ours funny because when we first started making Starface um, this is pretty unhinged people would people would be like why why how do you know how to make something for teenagers what do you know and it's like I don't know. I fucking know what teens like. Like, I'm still a teenager in my head. But um, also, everybody has acne. Yeah, it was a silly thing. And actually, I've noticed people have stopped asking it. But I was always, I was always, that's a crazy mindset. Because um, it's like, who do you think made, um, who do you think made South Park? Who do you think made Baby Shark? Do you think a literal baby made Baby Shark? No. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I also, what's <laughs> nice about it is now you... Now, so many people, consumers who kind of defy that teen, teenager demographic is almost a win for you because you're like, actually, this experience happens to everybody. I, the worst acne I've ever had is actually my first trimester of being pregnant. Yeah. And later in my thirties, it was. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing when you're, when you're experiencing acne, when you're pregnant, I mean, I'm obviously not a gynecologist, but. There are certain products that you're recommended not to use, like your retinols mm-hmm. and your your acids and your things like that. But luckily, hydrocolloid patches are totally safe, so that's nice. Not you to you plug guys, it, but no, you uh, Starface. <laughs> the other sleeper, Starface sleeper, which I feel like doesn't get the shine because the patches are just all up there in their glory. It's the cleanser. Oh, thank you. I love the cleanser saved me in the first try for sure. And I wore I wore a sticker every day. Sometimes multiple. Yeah, I yeah. I also think it's really important to if you're not the customer, like, I don't think it's gonna work. Or I've never seen it work. I maybe I'm sure there are success success stories who make things and they're not the customer, but I don't know how to do that. Um I think if I'm not using it and the team's not using it, I don't think there's a customer base. Agree. Yeah. Question, now that you're a successful businesswoman, what's your businesswoman special? Lunch oh, special? Oh, okay. Yeah. I love, I love that question. Um, <laughs> we started it last week and I feel like I'm just going to continue it's it. It's great. Yeah. It's it's a mainstay. Um, okay. <laughs> important. Really important. And I know you're like such a food girl. Like you, you put people on to so many restaurants. Um, I like a classic, like I'm a sandwich person. Like I want to have a club sandwich or a caprese sandwich or a grilled cheese, turkey, like because it's handheld. Like I, yeah, a sandwich is really comforting and easy and like gets all your needs in a a portable format. What's Um, in your dream sandwich? Talk us through it. Okay. Um, There's one I've been ordering recently from this sandwich place in LA called Wax Paper. Um, the bread is really nice and substantial and like, like soft, but like a wheat kind of feel. Um, and then you have sprouts, avocado, turkey, cheddar cheese, which I didn't think I liked. Mm, like toasted or, or not toasted? Cold. Okay. Um, and it's huge. It's like one of these sandwiches where you're like, love that. And you have yeah. to smash it. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, how will I do this? Um, Very sexy. It's, and then I also really love, um, many of the sandwiches from Uncle Polly's. They're oh. just like. Classic Caprese is a go-to. Um, I again, like the yeah. Gina from there. Oh, I don't know if I've had that. What's on it? It's very good. I believe, I I can't remember. There's two that I get. One is mortadella and one is spicy salami. I can't remember Ooh. which one it is. It's it's one of those two. Um, it's been, it was extremely traumatizing for me when I was at the period of not knowing I could eat cold cuts and they oh, just had to be thing, toasted. Right? Okay. There's so much misinformation, but basically what it is, is there's, you know, bacteria that could live in the de- deli meats yeah. if they're contaminated. But if you heat up the deli meat, that sort of like negates the risk of that so wow. for example Chrissy Teigen went viral because she's talking about eating lunch bowls but she was microwaving them and so what I do is I just toast my sandwich didn't know so, that mm-hmm. and, that's a huge but, unlock a book that I will plug ex, uh expecting better or, or modern is I, I gotta get it's by Emily Oyster and she's this mm-hmm. economist who quantifies risk because she felt like there was so much 
essentially um, rules that were presented as alternates. Don't do this. Don't do that. There was never any in between. And so she presents to you the facts and the percentages and the risks. And she, there's a section on deli meats and and why they say not to eat it and how you can get around it and what the impact of it would be, um, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, and yeah, it really saved me because I eat a lot of sandwiches and a lot of deli meat. Yeah, no, I would be for sure missing my deli meats if I couldn't have them. So that's good to know. But I'm a sandwich and soup girl. So you'll get a soup with it? Yeah, I love, remember Potbelly? Does that yeah. still exist? I think it does, yeah. There was one on 17th Street, right by Union Square, that I would go yeah. to all the time and I'd get the combo. Yeah. Fun memories. Yeah, soup is a good addition. Um, that would be yeah. in, in my business woman special. Actually, if I could eat a chicken palm sandwich Ooh, yes. without without the like food coma for lunch, I would do it. Yeah, I'm I'm super into now making chicken cutlets at Oof. home, like cooking them. A, a friend, coworker of mine, like gave me this really easy recipe. So it it t- for some reason I feel like frying something at home it makes it feel like wow I really did something. Like I do was you air to, fry like, or do no? You... I just do it in the in the pan. Like you know, you do flour, egg, panko crumbs throw it in the pan like three to four minutes on each side and then you have this like crispy perfect chicken cutlet if you don't burn it which I usually do burn it nothing wrong with that I like a little bit of char yeah a little burn is nice I air fry everything though my air fry is my life like I do that in an air fryer yeah I'd air fry it I air fry fruits I air fry vegetables (laughs) I air fry baked goods no I'm telling you this morning I went in a foot I spent like maybe 30 minutes this morning looking up how to air fry banana because there's this um in Thai cuisine the banana like Thai banana fritter and I was thinking you know maybe you could just glaze it put it in the air fryer I'm sure there are ways lo and behold hundreds and thousands of recipes and what to do with a banana in an air fryer so I've got my work cut out for me after (laughs) this podcast (laughs) (laughs) I will be air frying bananas today but no, I and and it's guilt free too, you know, because it's not that bad, isn't it? It was air fried. Yeah, I think anything you make at home is is naturally healthy because you made it. Agree. That's that's my rule. That's well, my, I don't really have any rules, but yeah, that's my rule too. Definitely don't have any rules. So, given the trajectory of your of the businesses that you've been rolling out, are you planning to stay kind of in this lane, or is there a plot twist we don't know about? I think there's plot twists, but um, like I hope there are. There are mm-hmm. definitely things that we haven't put out yet that I hope to put out. Um, and yeah, I I do feel like it's I hope just the beginning because there's there's still a lot left. So there's just I'm not sure when this episode comes out, but there's some another exciting. Oh, really? Okay, perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, exciting thing coming in two weeks in November. Um, yeah. Look at you go. Is it overwhelming to sit across so many projects in different spaces? I think they all have different needs at different times. Um, there are t- yeah, like, you know, pre-launch can be overwhelming. Um, but I think it doesn't have to be. Um, and they're all at different stages. They all have different teams. There's different personalities and needs and it's all kind of in a, in a, cycle that moves and shifts really rapidly question a kind of a basic bitch question not basic bitch but you know obvious question but I am dying to know what your advice is to um new business owners or somebody who wants to start a brand which I'm sure you get like a million I want to pick your brain I want to take you out for coffee type meeting. So for anybody who's trying to pick Julie's brain, this is your opportunity to get that um, sage advice from her. I think what we what we talked about a, a little bit in the beginning, which is be the customer. If you're making something that you love or that you think you need to see in the world that you want to exist, that you want to share with your friends, I think that's just the entry level um, need that has to be there and that has to be met. Um, 
I don't think it matters if there's a hundred of that thing already. If you love it and you feel like it's missing, um, I think that's enough, honestly. But if you're making, but it, what I hate to hear, I hate the startup word white space. Like, oh, I found a white space. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just think it, I mean, it's one way to do things. So I think it kind of takes like the magic and the loves out of the project. Right. Cause you could, you're creating from a place of, oh, there's a business opportunity versus I think this is needed because I would need it or it would be useful. Yeah. I'm just a very emotional person. So I think having a personal connection to something feels like enough. If you can believe in it um, and you can see yourself living with it, you think that's enough. What's something that's integral to executing an idea? Oh, that's a good question. Because Um, I feel like so many people have these ideas, right? And then it's the next step that gets in the way. mm -hmm. I think don't doubt yourself. Don't, don't, uh, if you have an idea that you believe in, don't third, second, fourth, guess yourself. Um, don't talk yourself out of it. I think just try it. And, and, uh, and also maybe take away the need for an outcome, like be willing to experiment without, without reaching a certain outcome. And and that gives yourself some freedom. Would you say, okay, imaginary scenario, imaginary scenario. Why was that so hard for me? You want to launch a product. Would you say that finding a business partner or finding a manufacturer or finding some type of partner versus just trying to do it yourself? What are your thoughts on that? I think it's not a one size fits all. Um, I have friends who are fully DIY. They're, they're front of house, they're back of house. They're, they're top to bottom. Um, that wasn't me. I, I, I think Brian and I are two sides of the brain. I like to think, I mean, I hope we both have both sides of the brain, but um yeah, I, I wanted and I believe needed a partner. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool. And and I'm like collaboration and, and feeling connected is is like everything to me. So I don't like to work in a vacuum. Um like the most fun part I think is like the conversations and, and like the experiences that you share with like the people that you work with. Um I, I just don't think it, it wouldn't be the right thing for me to do it on my own, but for many people it is. And, and I can see why that makes a ton of sense. Um, you, you wouldn't really have any conflict around making decisions. Um, so it can simplify things, but, um, I think just knowing yourself, knowing, knowing what you need. Speaking of connecting, I know you recently disconnected. Yes. (laughs) Disconnected. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about that. Um, so had been looking forward to this experience with Marta, our friend, Marta. Mm-hmm. Um, we, this long awaited, it honestly been a year in the making. We said, we want to go somewhere and put down our phones for X amount of time. So not just no social media, but also no phone. Um, and we were really fortunate enough to be able to go to this, this place called Miraval, um, in Austin, they have, they have multiple locations, but we went to the one in Austin. Um, and they put your phone in a little sleeping bag that I actually have in my bag to remind me, wow, (laughs) this is my phone sleeping bag. So you get there, you put your phone in the sleeping bag and then you tuck it into bed. It also sits in a little bed, um, like a wood frame bed. And, and I did not touch it for four days and it was a transcendent experience. It, it like outlived my expectations. One thing I will say about phone addiction for me personally, unlike if you've ever experienced another addiction or, or other habits, sort of goes away immediately. Um, really? And I think the difficult thing about the phone is, is trying to use it in moderation, for me at least. So when I'm cold turkey, no phone, or when I'm cold turkey, no social media, I don't necessarily miss it. It's when I try to use it responsibly that I still find it to be a big challenge. Um, but yeah, we just got to go there. We wore robes all day. We read, we read two books. Um, one was how to break up with your phone. 
<laughs> was that from them or from, from you? <laughs> we we like we did a lot of shopping at the gift shop. Um and it was at the gift shop. So. Um and and then the other one was um I think it's called How to Have No, not How to Have Fun, but like the important they're both by an author named Catherine Pierce who won't answer my DMs, which is very cool of her because it's very on brand that um she probably doesn't even read her DMs. Um right. maybe we'll try to get her on the show. Yeah, please. I mean, I would yeah what a queen. Um, but no, these, these books were great. Um, and she really just talks about that your life is what you pay attention to, which is very true. Wow. Um, I love that. Yeah. And I think for all of us, for those of us who work on our phones, of course, it's more nuanced. If you work on your phone, you know, I've shared this with people and they've said, Oh, I guess I'd have to quit my job. It's complicated. You're mm-hmm. not gonna have to quit your job. But, um, I think that this idea of like showing up for your friends, your partner, your family, whoever, like, and giving them your full attention is really special. Um, so even like me and Marta who hang out all the time, getting to hang out without our phone was like really cool. And you talk to other people and you're just What's engaged. What's the crowd in- like? Oh my God, the crowd's amazing. We were sitting by the pool and there was this couple, this like hot couple, like, the woman was 50, the man was probably 60, and they're having like a sexy weekend away, which this is a very funny place to have like a sexy weekend. But they were there. <laughs> and, um, and they just wanted to talk and hang out and like tell us about how they met um, and have us weigh in about like their various relationship problems. Actually, they oh. would be great guests <laughs> on Unhinged. Really? Um, it sounds like it. <laughs> um, very funny. And then it's giving the- White Lotus. Oh, so White Lotus. Yes. And then we had this dinner um, and it was me, Marta, five female anesthesiologists from New York, five female anesthesiologists. Like imagine that friend group. They all met. And, um, and one 24 year old man who is a consultant and we had these disposable cameras with us and we asked him to take a picture. He's 24 years old. He's like, he's never used this thing before. It's quickly very clear. And he's like taking the pictures and he's like, nothing's coming out. Nothing's coming out. I don't know what to do. He thought it was a Polaroid. Oh, bless him. Yeah. What a sweetie. Love that he came on his own. Yeah. It was a gift for getting a promotion at work. Wow. That's a very thoughtful gift. Yeah. Have you done any of the other similar type experiences? Hoffman, SLN? No, I would love to do Hoffman. Have you? No, but the waiting list is is always very booked up in advance. And now I'm pregnant, and they don't accept oh. pregnant patients. So wow, I, I didn't know that. Like, mm-hmm. So I feel like it will be. I, I'm not sure about the other facilities, but for Hoffman in particular. So I don't know when I would get to it. I have a friend yeah. Miriam who loves Esalen. And it's, you know, you drive up the coast. It's really beautiful. They have these sort of communal pools mm-hmm. or mineral water type natural hot springs that everybody goes to. And they have courses, meditation courses. You can do a course or you could just go solo. Um, I'd probably do something like that. Mm-hmm. But it's something I've always wanted to do. And, of course, the irony is there's never been a good time frame to be off the phone there's never a good time I think this mm-hmm. one you would like because it's very choose your own adventure if you want to use your phone in your room you can't you just can't use it in the common spaces and of course you can do whatever you want it's just, I wouldn't do not the that's vibe. the thing if you're going that far I'm someone when I'm in something I can commit to it you know exactly it's like you've come all the way there I'm not gonna do it I halfway mean, yeah but the the phone addiction is very real um and to me it was feeling like um it was feeling like so I'm not somebody who vapes but the way that my friends who vape describe that like it's the first thing you want to reach for in the morning and as long as you can delay reaching for it you're good but as soon as you do like that's it it's on for the day same as the phone right I'm a smoke I'm an <laughs> oh, I'm not a smoker I'm an ex-smoker I similarly to you I can go cold turkey in the sense that when I stopped, I stopped. And of course, I have the urges. You know, I had a disgusting urge the other day. There was a slit cigarette on the floor. 
not sunny floor, <laughs> like a New York floor. Yeah. And I looked at it and I was thinking, God, that would be so nice. Yeah. Imagine looking at a cigarette on on the floor of in New York on the street no, and thinking about putting it in your mouth. How much of a disgusting cretin you have to be, but that's where my mind went. And it was just for a split second and though and then it passed and now I don't think I would smoke again given that I've gone so long, you know? Yeah. But I'm an all or nothing person. So once I jump in into the same something, way yeah before yeah, better or for worse yeah for sure yeah I can relate is there mm-hmm. anything that's totally unhinged in your life right now in general that, in general yep oh my god what is totally unhinged um I don't know if this qualifies as unhinged but I do this thing where I contact dog breeders and like form a relationship that I'm like invested in the litter and like they're sending me pictures of the litter and I'm like okay I'm gonna come up there and like any particular breed yeah so um a few different breeds primarily mini Australian Shepherd um I have a stepdog he's a mini Australian Shepherd I'm obsessed like everything um so I like I have every intention of of like adopting all of these like puppies but just so many messages in my phone are just like pictures of dog litters. I'm like, what is this? Like, what, what am I doing? Like just communicating with breeders nonstop. That um, is unhinged. <laughs> in case you were unclear <laughs> of if that qualified, that is absolutely totally unhinged. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, have you, have, so- have you oh, no, had a dog full time before? Yeah. I mean, I live right. with, live with my boyfriend so the dog is he's my stepdog but okay. that's my dog oh that's yeah. what you mean by stepdog right I mean he's yeah. your dog now at this stage yeah he's my dog but like I wasn't there I wasn't there for the for the birth years. of his yeah I, I was okay there for the birth yeah it's all right because my husband not was not there when I gave birth to soy um <laughs> but I still consider him her dad very very much so oh good okay yeah Probably a little more than me. Like, she's a traitor. She favors him to the point where sometimes he'll leave town and she'll sit at the door, which is so traitorous. I don't know if that's a word. I just want (laughs) to say to her, do you remember when I rescued you from the pound? No, you've totally forgotten. I might need to take you back as a reminder. Yeah, maybe she needs to remember where she came from. (laughs) Um, No, but that's really sweet that she's taken to him so much. For sure. What are the other breeds? Um, okay, so Afghan Hound is a, a breed that I had never known about. But then um, a lot of our Starface campaigns, we shoot with um, Amber Asali, who's this amazing photographer who has a beautiful Afghan Hound who you can follow on Instagram, Rupert. Um, and he came to set one day and I've never met like a creature as majestic as him. Like he's so floppy. He just like laid on the ground and was perfect. I don't think he barked once. He would just sort of like prance around that we were shooting at this motel. He would like prance around the motel pool. Everyone was obsessed. Everyone was in love, including me. Um, so I do dream about, about that. I did actually text um, the place where he came from. They didn't text me back, um, <laughs> but <laughs> maybe you're on the blacklist this lady does not follow through with my dogs do not i don't want to get a reputation i have like every intention i really Mm -hmm. do if it was up to me i would have i would have 10 puppies it's a big commitment yeah we want to get another dog right now because we're realizing being up in the hills that having the extra security is nice and as much as i love soy she's min pin chihuahua who's in it for herself and is not a rescue dog. Uh, it's not a um, guard dog in any shape or form. Yeah. So yeah. we're just trying to figure out the timing of baby, new dog. And I feel like with a bigger dog, especially bringing a baby mm-hmm. into the world, you want to be there for its formative years just to have that trust when the baby comes. And so the timing is almost now. Yeah, it's kind of a 
feel like we could I don't know we'll see should do it this weekend yeah no we've we've really been looking and and the, the actually the the wonderful thing is because I've um fostered a lot of dogs which is also a bad thing um I have good relationships with a lot of the rescues so you know typically it's kind of difficult to get a rescue you get on a waiting list you have to go through approvals I'm on sort of you know first name text basis with all these owners who are like if you see something let us know we'll bump you to the top which is Mm -hmm. a very dangerous place to be in because you're one text away from having a new animal and I as Pisces incredibly impulsive Pisces whose love language is physical touch (laughs) and just wants to be smothered in new puppy energy it's kind of dangerous maybe you should foster yeah but my my dog um is not necessarily social um, right so it might be challenging for him but I would love to and you could trial it that way too yeah. If they'd get on. Yeah, it's possible that he might hit it off with the right one. You never know. All right. On that note, I just want to say thank you so much for your time because we know you are a super successful businesswoman and <laughs> and and your time is very valuable. Also, you're kind of the one thing I really love about you is how much you share without sharing at all. Oh wow, thank you. What does Cause that you're, mean? Because you're active online, but you're still such a mystery. And I, I think that it's always nice when you get to have people like that come on and share their lives because they don't typically – I'm someone who's – every aspect of my life is online, right? Mm-hmm. The products I'm trying, the food I'm eating, the places I'm going, not in real time for safety reasons. And so when I get <laughs> the opportunity to talk to people who <laughs> – I really just have no idea, even as a friend, you know, Yeah, it's, it, I'm learning so much as we speak. It's really nice. Well, that's how I was excited. Well, I was just excited to catch up with you, but I was also excited that you invited me. Um, yeah, no, I've like, my relationship with sharing online has shifted over the years because it started with, um, started with doing like personal essays online, which is like super personal. Like uh, if anyone who listens is, from like the exo jane era of i was internet. just about to say cat monel years yeah so starting there and that's pre-instagram like that's when mm-hmm. we were doing that pre-instagram so the full i guess spectrum of sharing online to then not so much sharing online um and could maybe share again like who knows but um yeah it's definitely shifted do you think that now being in the position that you are you consider so much more with what you're yeah. able to write. I really do. And the reason being is like, think about like, you know, we all have our like thirst trap era or our thirst trap moment. But like, can you imagine like your coworker seeing that? They'd be like, number one, I don't want to see this. Like, mm-hmm. I, I always think about like, imagine such and such coworker seeing this. Like, how would they feel? Did you just make them uncomfortable? Like, right. Put it on close friends. But, um, Again, put it like, on the finsta. Yeah, put it on the finsta. But again, like no no shade if like if that's your comfort level and you know your mm-hmm. team, like of course. But for me, I'm like, oh, I don't want to like embarrass them. I'm sure I embarrass them all the time, but um try not to. It's definitely a comfort level thing because Yeah. I remember when I was doing the lives last year and my mom said something to me like <laughs> I hate when I see the notification pop up because I just think there's my daughter talking about blowjobs to... Oh, no. Other people. <laughs> no. Um, Don't say blowjobs. <laughs> you know, and... But I it, I don't in any way feel uncomfortable about it. Um, of course, I have reservations sometimes, you know, with, you know, when you're meeting somebody, when I was meeting my now husband's family for the first time, I was thinking oh god what's gonna come up when they google search they shouldn't even be doing a deep dive and also they should know i think i'm sure that they do know and anyone knows who has somebody who's like a performer a public figure like it is Mm -hmm. to a certain extent a performance um and you have to you know give a certain side of your personality and also it's just a form of self-expression so for sure that i listen (laughs) That's what makes the world go round. So many different types of people. That's right. So we're going to love and leave you unhinges. We <laughs> have 
a lot of different ways we can support Julie. Please tell us how. Yeah, thank you. Um, so Julie, uh, healthcare company, you can find us at, at Julie. Oh, I meant um, Julie the person. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> but but yes, yeah, segue into all of that. Yeah, Julie the person, X, Y, Z. Yeah, all different. Um, See, there you go. You should have used the Slack name. Yeah, oh my God. See the confusion right there. No, um, I'm Julie at Julie <laughs> underscore dot. Um, there's at Starface. Um, you can find all of these products at your local Walmart. Um, and you can find Starface at Target, CVS, Boots in the UK, Superdrug in the UK. Um, yeah, but Julie, you can find us at Walmart. And um, if you see the campaign come out in the next few days, tag Julie and tag please do, both yeah. Julie's. Yeah, please. Really excited to see it. If you're in Times Square, we've got a big one up in oh, Times Square. Major. With, you have like, to go real... and get that selfie now. Yeah, well, but the, the everyone who's in it is hopefully going to go take a pic because they look amazing and cute. Um, so yeah, that's I think that's everything. Amazing. Okay, congratulations on all and excited to see what comes up. Gonna love and leave you. Bye, everybody. Don't forget, if you love the show, please leave us a stunning review. You can leave me a compliment too because I am big on words of affirmation. We'll be back next week with another iconic and amazing guest. So stay tuned. Ciao for now. Thanks so much for listening to Unhinged. And if you have excellent taste and enjoyed the show, make sure you subscribe and leave me a loving review. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at It's Amrit and submit those weekly questions for our iconic guests. I'll see you next time. Ciao for now.